You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Good afternoon, City Tribe. Thank you for coming out on this clear, cold morning. My name is Johnny D. I wanted to thank you. My family and I are new. Thank you for welcoming us. Uh, thank you for being patient with us as we assimilate into the tribe, as we make it into the small groups, as my kids make it into youth. So thank you. So today is uh, Camo, the Cameo. Thank you for those who represented. We're in the camouflage. The rest of you are like, what? Yeah, yeah. Who are like, what's up with that? So camouflage, when we were kids, we'd see guys in camo or tanks or Hummers and stuff like that. And we're like, war or, you know, or battle or fighting. And that's what we're doing. It's 21 days of prayer and fasting. And that is the battle. That is the fight. We are in a war. If you're not fighting, you're losing. If you're not praying and fasting, you're losing. God is redeeming mankind back to himself. That is the battle. Through his work uh, that his son did on the cross, that is the battle. And it is a fight because the enemy does not want us winning, does not want us in relationship with him. It's out there. The enemy is out to kill us, to destroy us, to rob us, trick us, insult us. Anything that it can do negative, that is the, that's the shtick. That's the fight. We're wearing our camo. We are camoing the cameo because we are fighting. Last week, we kicked off 21 days of prayer and fasting, January 7th through 28th. If you jumped on board, thank you. If you jumped on and then fell off, don't worry. You can get right back on. If you have not had a chance to get in, we're going to do that here at the end as we pray, and you can join us as we pray and fast. Last week, Pastor Doug said the phrase, fasting incubates breakthrough. Incubates means to grow, to develop. And he said incubates breakthrough. And then he says 21 days of incubation. And he, the illustration that he used was a little chicken egg, right? Well, I'm a beekeeper. And when he said 21 days incubation, I thought bees because I raise bees, millions of bees. And when the queen bee lays an egg, and I mean a teeny tiny little egg, like three eggs fit on one piece of rice, right? So from teeny tiny egg to little honeybee is 21 days. So I totally get that incubation from egg to little creature that can fly miles and visits thousands of flowers every day. And so we encourage you to jump in as we're fasting and praying to incubate breakthrough, as we're fasting and praying to birth new things. Uh, today, I want to share with you the why of prayer. And uh, I was a pastor. I, I, I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor. Uh, my very first memory of anything is in church, going into church and this little old lady picking me up and like squeezing my cheeks and like carrying me around. And, you know, that's it, church. We grew up in church, but I was and I am the guy who asks why all the time right? And if before you invite me to your small group or ask me to be friends, and I want to be friends, I don't have friends. I'm looking for friends, not taking applications, but it's not easy being my friend because I'm like, why? Why do we do that? What is it called that? Why do we, well, we always do that. That's not a reason to keep doing things. And so I would ask my dad, why do we prayer, pray? Why is it called prayer? I asked my dad, where does prayer show up in the Bible? And just what and why? And my Sunday school teachers and youth pastor would be like, you know, got to get your kid in, in gear. And my kids are in the youth group now. And if you're one of their leaders, they're those kids. So please bear with them. They're not being resistant. 
they're, they're doing what I taught them, which is to ask questions. So when Pastor Doug said, can you share this message? I said, sure. So I asked myself, when does prayer even show up in the Bible for the first time? When in the Bible does somebody pray for the first time? Or when does God ask us to pray? And I had to look that up. And so in Genesis chapter four, so Genesis, you have, you know, God makes everything. Uh, God makes Adam and Eve. We have the big, you know, uh-oh. And then you have so-and-so had so-and-so and had so-and-so and had so-and-so. And then in chapter four, with like no wind up and no follow through chapter four, verse 26, it says at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. So this past week, I'm like, okay, there's no backstory. There's no, you know, explanation. It says, why did people call on the Lord? And I thought I'd asking myself, why would people call on the Lord, right? I started thinking, why would you call on the Lord? My, my, to me, the most obvious answer is they needed something, right? You call on the Lord when you need something. You've got friends, they call you. They call and you're like, oh, they need something, right? You got that friend, right? When you go to the doctor, it's because you need something. You don't make a doctor's appointment and show up and you're like, look, look how healthy I am, right? And then you go home, you go to him because you need something. You don't bring your car to the mechanic and he's like, what's the matter? Like nothing. I'm just showing you I'm taking care of it, right? You go to the doctor because there's something wrong. You take your car to the mechanic, there's something wrong. My guess, my assumption, I think it's very possible and plausible that people started to cry out to the Lord because things got tough, right? Now that is a form of prayer, but that should not be our only form of prayer. So I want to talk about the why we pray today. Genesis, again, in chapter three, says God came down and was walking through the garden. Everything I've read from Genesis to Revelation makes me believe that God was there to walk through the garden to be with Adam and Eve. God wanted to be with his creation. And because of that break, because of that, uh oh, that oops in the garden, he is not physically with us now. He will be one day, hallelujah. But now we have prayer. So prayer is just talking, right? If me and you are talking, it's talking. If we're talking to God, it's praying. If somebody's, what are they doing? They're talking? No, they're praying. They're talking to God. So talking, right? Prayer is simple. It's just not easy, right? There's a lot of things like skydiving. I used to do a lot of skydiving. It's very simple. Jump right? I'm serious. That's it. It's jump. You put on the pack, you jump. Um, And and especially if you go, you know, south of the border to third world companies, there's no even little little thing. They throw the thing on you and shove you kind of deal, right? So I would go skydiving wherever I could. And it was simple jump. It just wasn't easy. No matter how many times I did it, I get to the edge and I'm like, wait, what am I doing? You know? So prayer is simple. It's just not easy. Prayer is talking to God. God wants to talk with us. God wants to be in that relationship with us. My first point today is prayer restores the relationship between creator and creation. God's trying to put back together what was broken so many thousands of years ago. He wants to be in a relationship with us. And the way he does that is through talking, is through communication. So I, my dad passed away when I was a teenager. He's not here to defend himself. But in my opinion, we did not have a very good relationship. He didn't want to talk to me. He was not interested in what I had to say. Uh, He didn't make time for me. So I've got seven kids. And from the beginning, I've done this. And I even tell them 
when, when you call, I want to be there for me. When you need me, I want to be there for me. When, if I'm watching TV and my kids walk in the room and say, Dad, I turn the TV off. If I'm cooking, because I'm the cook, seven meals, or uh, seven days a week, breakfast, if I'm cooking and I've got things going and my kids come in, I'm all, turn it off. I'm like, what do you need? Right? If I'm under my car, if I'm up a tree with a chainsaw, if I'm doing beekeeping work and they text me as they know they've all got their own special bing bong on my phone, I stop what I'm doing. Because the Father does that with us. Did you know that? That when you call, when you pray, let me show you the proof of that. Not just that, because there's a lot of Johnny D-isms and a lot of Johnny D's, I think, kind of a deal. But this is out of the scriptures. Turn to Isaiah. Look on the screen, on your, in your Bible, on your phone. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 9. Right? It says, then you will call. That's praying right? Then you will call, you'll pray. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help. You will pray and he will say, here I am, right? But the problem is in 2024, we think God's here I am is the same thing as our here I am. And I'm here to tell you it's not. Because your here I am looks like this. We go out for tacos and coffee and we're talking and your phone's out on the table and all of a sudden it bing bongs and right in the middle of my sentence, you pick your phone up and you're all, me, 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 right? Or if you've got the watch, we're having a conversation and you stop the conversation and you're like, that's not here I am. That's not, that's, wait a minute, could have a better offer, Right? That's not here I am. Mom's in the kitchen cooking beans and you're like, mom, and they're like, what, what? You know, try, that's not here I am, right? So on this next slide, we have the Hebrew word for, the Hebrew word is he, nay, ni. This is how you spell it, H-I-N-E-N-I. And this is the Hebrew word, this is the concept. I told my kids from now, when I learned this, I said, when you guys say dad, I'm gonna say he, nay, ni, he, like he and she, nay, like, you know, she got, does the nay, nay or whatever. And then knee, right? He, nay, knee does mean here I am. But in the, in the Hebrew, it means I am here. I am present. I am ready for you. My mom's Mexican. My dad's Italian. When you take Spanish and translate it into English, when you take Italian and you translate it into English, you lose things, especially when I throw out phrases like con safos or uh, con ganas or a todo madre. You translate it into English. It's not the same thing, right? So this Hebrew in our Bible that says, here I am, we lose it. We lose that God. You're like, we think it's like, here I am. No, God's not telling you. Pray to me, call to me. Here I am. Hear him saying, I am here, I am present, I am ready for you. That's me telling my biological children, right? Look, I'm stopping everything. There's nothing more important going on in my universe right now than what we're about to do. And that's what you have to understand. When we pray, the God of the universe tells us, Hineni, I am here, I am present, I am ready. For you, isn't that comforting that that's how he looks at us and wants our relationship to be? 
I love, I told you I was in church my whole life. I told you I was raised in church. I used to love finding crazy scriptures as a, as, as in the Bible and then showing my dad just to irritate him. I'm like, look at, look at that scripture right there. He's like, how did you find that, right? Because you know, there's things in there that don't make a whole lot of sense. And I used to love going to church and showing my friends, look, it says cook your dinner over poop. And it's like, where that's in the Bible? Yeah, you got to look that up yourself, right? So there's a scripture in Jeremiah. Jeremiah is my kind of crazy prophet. Jeremiah was jerky, which I like. And he has this one scripture, 33.3. There's a lot of awesome scriptures in the book of Jeremiah, but Jeremiah 33.3. God says this to Jeremiah. God says this to his people. God says this to us this morning. He says, call to me, right? Pray to me, call to me and I will answer you. That's incredible right there right? That's incredible that the God of the universe, who's holding everything into place, who exists in yesterday, today, and tomorrow, says, call to me, and I will answer you. And this is the part that blows Johnny D's mind. He says, and I will tell you great and incomprehensible things. I had a hard time even saying that word, incomprehensible. I was like, honey, what does incomprehensible mean? She says, it's hard and difficult to understand. I said, I know. That's why I'm asking you what the word means. And she says, no, it means hard and difficult to understand. I'm like, thanks, babe. So I measure, I married up, right? My wife's five inches taller than me. I married up, and then she's like exponentially smarter than me. So she explains these things. So I was like, wait a second. Hold on, hold on. So God's going to show me great things, Johnny D great things, who wants to light it on fire, flip it, cook it, taste it, hunt it, chase it, dance with it, experience it. You can just start asking me, hey, Johnny, do you want to? Yes. Yes. I want to do it. I want to live, right? Wait, you're going to show me something that I'm going to say great? If I say it's great, I'm not talking about cornflakes, right? I'm not talking about kids' sugar-coated cereal. If I say something's great, it's great. God's going to show me something great. Then he's going to show me, wait, what's the word, Lord? Something incomprehensible, something hard for my brain to comprehend with all the crazy thoughts and all the questions I've asked and books that I've read and things I've experienced. I was like, sign me up for that. I'll pray for that. Some of you this morning have to look at your debt. Look at your sorrow. Look at your heartache. Look at your circumstance. Look at your opportunity and say, my God has a great and incomprehensible answer coming. That's why we are praying. That's why we are fasting. We look at it and think it's dead. We look at it and think it's empty. We look at it and think it's broken. And the God who shows us great and incomprehensible things says, just watch this, right? He promises that in Jeremiah 33.3. I was a teenager doing my own thing, being a knucklehead, like really hard and fast for years. And I'm in youth group one night, don't know what he was talking about, didn't even know the guy's name. And he's teaching a sermon that I wasn't paying attention to. At the very, very end, he says, let's pray. And all I could think is good, it's over. And then he said, we're going to pray a dangerous prayer. And the hand goes up, right? And once you get to know me, when the hand goes up, you're like, stop, stop, right? So the hand goes up and the youth pastor says, yes, Johnny. I was like, wait, did you say a dangerous prayer? prayer, right? So I, it's hard for me, even at my age, to understand that when peace, most people hear danger, they, I'm like, I step forward, right? When people are like, it's dangerous, I'm all, I need to be closer, right? Most people step back. Most people are like, I'm in the wrong line, or this isn't what I ordered, 
right? So he says dangerous, and I'm all, uh, I want to pray dangerous prayers. And he's like, no, you don't. And I'm like, oh, now I really do. He says, you better be careful. I'm going to sign me up right now. I love dangerous prayers. Dangerous prayers changed my life. We're going to pray here in just a moment, and you have the opportunity, not going to make you, but I think you should, to pray a dangerous prayer, to call on him and say, right, show me, show me great and incomprehensible things. And he will, because he promises to. But know that the enemy is going to hate you for it and is going to come after you for it. And that's why we are praying and fasting to birth new things, to incubate change. We have been through so much in our lives, in my, in my childhood, in, in my married life. And, and it is only it is only praying to God and being shown these great and incomprehensible things that have allowed me to get to where I am today. And I'm not saying where I am today is a lofty position. I mean, on this carpet, on this stage, in front of you. They're like, how are you doing it? I was like, I'm not. My God is doing great and incomprehensible things. And he wants to do them with you, for you, near you, because it restores the relationship between us. Prayer, number two, prayer makes us like him. Mom is Mexican, dad is Italian, right? The I-A-N, the I-A-N on the end of Christian means like or of or from. So Christian means like or of or from Christ. Italian means like or of or from Italy. Mexican means like or of or from Mexico. So if we're going to be Christians, we need to work on being Christ-like in prayer makes us like him. Generally speaking, because there's always the exception, but generally speaking, when you are with someone or with a group, the person who has got a greater and stronger personality, we become like. We become like those we hang out with who have a greater or stronger personality than us. And God has a greater and stronger personality than you right? We see it. Somebody gets into motorcycles. Somebody gets into weightlifting. Somebody gets into scrapbooking or whatever it is. Suddenly they start talking a little different. They start looking a little different. They start acting a little different. They start walking a little different because they become like the thing they're chasing after. If we're chasing after him, we should be becoming like him. Prayer is fighting. Prayer is war. We pray these dangerous prayers. Back in, back in high school, one of my friends, right after high school, one of my friends took off to the mission field and he was in town visiting one day. And he's like, hey, do you know who Jim Elliott is? I was like, no. He's like, you need to read his book. He prays dangerous prayers. So he took off. I started reading Jim Elliott prayers and I was showing my wife and she's like, John, no, stop. Enough, enough, stop, stop. He comes back into town about a year or so later. He says, and we're so dumb, we're so immature. He's like, did you read the books? I was like, yeah. He's like, did you pray any of those prayers? I'm like, no. Did you pray any of those prayers? He's like, no. And he says, I, I, I dare you. I dare you. We're grown men acting like kids. He's like, I dare you to pray those prayers. I was like, I double dog dare you to pray those prayers. And he goes, I triple dog dare you to pray those prayers. So I went home and I was like, Gabe triple dog dared me. No, John. 
No, I know you. And I know what happens when you pray dangerous prayers. And I was like, I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. So I prayed it and it changed it in nine months, nine months. My Jesus loving world was turned upside down because I prayed because I want to be like him. I prayed, Lord, let me see things like you see them. Look at your husband, look at your wife, look at your kids, look at your boss, look at your coworkers, look at the world around us like he sees them. Lord, let me hear the world like you hear them. My kids are so tired of dad's Jim Elliott prayers. We're sitting at lunch or we're sitting at dinner the other night. We're all eating. And my two teenagers uh, or, or two of my teenagers are complaining about this girl. And we'll call her Betty because it might be your niece or your daughter. And so Betty's driving them nuts. They're like, I hate Betty. I hope she gets expelled. And I'm sitting there letting them rant, rant, and I'm rant. I was like, are you done? And they're like, yeah. I said, when Jesus was dying, he died thinking about Betty. Dad, I was like, when Betty gets up in the morning, Jesus is already thinking about Betty. I was like, you, and I told my kids this. I was like, you need to think about Betty like Jesus thinks about Betty. You need to see her like he sees her. You need to hear her like Jesus sees her. You need to talk to her like Jesus would talk to her. And we don't want to do that, right? We want to be more like him, but we don't always want him with us. We're like, Lord, I'm about to watch this movie that I don't think is appropriate for you. So if you could dismiss yourself, Lord, I'm going to listen to this song and the lyrics really aren't Jesus friendly, right? So we've got this little dance that we do. And that's why we have these dangerous prayers that we say, Lord, let me see things like you see them. Let me hear things like you hear them. Let me say things like you say them. Let me, this comes from my mom. It's a biblical principle. My mom is this little, like she's like this tall, right? I told you she's Mexican. She's like this tall and she cooks and she prays. I know she's got a word from the Lord when she calls me up and there's no introduction. There's no mijo. There's just talk, right? I answered the phone. I was like, hey, mom, you cannot go where Jesus would not go. You can't do what Jesus wouldn't do. You cannot, John, you cannot say what Jesus wouldn't say. Click, and that's it, right? I know that's a word from the Lord from her. That's the dangerous prayer. That is a prayer that changes us, that changes the world around us. Prayer makes us more like him. Third thing, final thing, prayer changes things. Prayer changes the situation. Prayer moves the spiritual furniture around in the room. You go to the book of Exodus chapter 32. Moses is up on the mountain. I can't wait to get to heaven and see the playback of Moses on the mountain. There's like thunder and lightning and orange and colors and numbers and, you know, speakers going all the time. And he's making the Ten Commandments go on the rock. And there's this huge God thing going on. Then at the bottom of a hill, there's a million cuckoo heads saying, where's Moses? He left us. Where are we going to do? Aaron, make us a God like back in Egypt. And they chalk up all their jewelry and he makes them this big golden cow. And they're singing and dancing and praying and worshiping this cow right? After all they saw, and God, this is not just Johnny D. paraphrase, God tells Moses in chapter 32, it's funny, but it's not really funny. It is funny, right? God tells Moses, move out of the way. Leave me alone. God tells Moses, move out of the way. Leave me alone. I'm going to go down there and destroy them, right? We're far removed from this. Moses in Moses's day, they're like, remember that one time God killed everybody and flooded the earth, right? That was God back then, right? Moses, and that's the days Moses lived in. So God tells that to Moses and Moses starts praying. God, don't kill these people. 
Did you take us out of Egypt just to bring us out here to kill us? Did you do those signs and wonders just to take us out and kill us? And then God says, Moses, I'm going to kill them. I will create a new people through you. Me and you will go do another reset. He had the chance. And I know some of you are like, I wish God would give me a reset, right? No. Moses says, Lord, please. He prays and he changes the mind of God right? Not that he controls God. We don't control God, but God wants us to partake. God wants us to call on the fact that he says, he said, I got right? Because my ADD is not going to remember it. He says, call to me. He tells you, he tells me, call to me. Moses says, okay, I'm calling to you, right? He be here, be present, be here. Prayer changes things. If you like to read books or like to read online, well over a hundred years ago, there's a guy by the name of Edward M. Bounds. E.M. Bounds. He has these books and books and books on prayer. He has the best books on prayer. I will debate you till the tacos run out on that one. I'm telling you, they're hundreds of years old. I'm about to read you something that is over a hundred years old, and it could have been written this morning. That's how you know it's real universal truth, not just back in my day. It's like lasting truth, right? So Ian e. Bounds writes this. What the church needs today, he's talking over 100 years ago. What the church needs today, he means today too, is not more machinery, right? We don't need better smartphones. We don't need more equipment. There's not more machinery, not new organizations or more novel methods, but people who the Holy Ghost can use, people of prayer. He wrote that before there was mega churches, before there was light shows and climate control and padded seats and you had to walk hours to get to church. He says, we don't need better machinery. We don't need new organization. We don't need better methods. He says the Holy Ghost, I love this boy. You think I'm excited? Wait a second. The Holy Ghost does not flow through methods. There's churches all over who last quarter and now they're like, it's a new year. We need to come up with a new plan. No, no new plan. It's the old plan. Pray, right? That's the plan. Pray. The old plan. Call out to God. God, talk to us. Lead us. Guide us. We don't need a better method. It says the Holy Ghost does not flow through methods, but through his people. He does not come on machinery, but his people. He does not anoint plans, but his people right? I'm a beekeeper. That's what I do. I raise bees. And all my beekeeper friends, they're like, how are you so successful? God, will I pray for my bees too? I'm like, oh no, I don't pray for my bees. I pray to God and he shows me the way. They're like, well, what's your method? Prayer. Prayer is my method. They're like, no, how do you raise bees? I was all prayer. I pray. And then God shows me what to do. And it works. They're like, that doesn't make sense. I was like, God doesn't make sense. God makes miracles right? When we pray, we are getting closer to him. We're becoming more like him. He says that Ian Bounds says the church is looking for better methods. God is looking for better men and women, right? You don't have to have a plan. You don't have to have a method. You don't have to have the answer. You don't have to have anything other than him, and we have him through prayer. Ian Bound says, nothing, nothing is well done without prayer for the simple reason that it leaves God out of the equation. How can you do anything well without God? 
Like I said, there are things we want to leave him out of, and that's where we stumble. If we, if we involve him in everything, if we involve him in everything, it will succeed. There are just some things, if we can be honest, that we do that we don't want him involved with. Here's our chance. There's 14 days left in this 21 days of prayer and fasting to jump on board and say, I need to cut out doing the things that God isn't invited to, right? An even jerkier pastor than me said one time, he says, if you can't ask God to bless it, you shouldn't be doing it, right? So let's take these 21 days, refocus, right? Let's supercharge our walk. If you know cars, if you know engines, there's something called the nitrous oxide system. And nitrous oxide systems in car engines supercharge the car, right? You can't use them on the street legally. They use them out at the drag strips and the raceways. They use them in crazy movies to make the cars go like lightning fast. Cars already go faster than most things on earth. Nitrous oxide systems supercharge it. We're gonna pray and fast and supercharge our relationship with the living God. We're going to turn it up to 11 as they say. Most amps go to 10. We're going to turn it up to 11. Jesus in John 14, in chapter 14, John, sa- in John records that Jesus says in chapter 14, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. And sometimes we put a period right there, but that's not what Jesus stopped at. Jesus didn't say, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, period, right? He says, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it so that my father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. We've turned it into asking for things in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, give me a million dollars. In Jesus' name, give me a hot girl. In Jesus' name, make him over six feet tall, ripped and rich. No, that's not the in my name that he was talking about. Tagging in Jesus' name to your prayer doesn't get you those things. He's saying, if you ask me, any, when he says in my name, he's saying what I'm about, right? I told you I'm a cook. I told you I stop everything when I'm dealing with my kids. If I'm in the kitchen and I've got food in the oven, food on the burners, food in the microwave, because there's a million of us, and I've got all this food cooking, and my kids come in and say, Dad, I'm like, okay, I put everything on stop, put everything on hold, and I'm like, yes, they're all, <laughs> there's this meme, and I'm all, no. I'm cooking. Does what you're having to say have to do with dinner? They're like, no, it's got to wait, right? I'm in there cooking, and they're like, dad, out in the backyard, and I stop everything. I turn all the burners off, take all the food off. I was like, what's going on in the backyard? They're all, there's a squirrel. I'm all, no. Does a squirrel have to do with potatoes? They're like, no. I was like, then it's going to have to wait. That's what Jesus is saying, is ask me anything according to who I am and what I'm doing what is your million dollars, hot dude, hot chick, promotion, whatever you're asking for, have to do with what he's doing, which is restoring humanity, redeeming mankind, ministering to the broken. Now, it might have to do with what he's doing. Go for it. That's what he's saying when he says, ask me anything. God says, ask of me and I will do according to who I am and according to what I'm doing so that the God that, that you serve, my dad will be glorified. Let's pray, right? I think, 
I think we can kind of generalize that either in here in the room or watching online today, there's three groups of people. This is just Johnny D's words. It might be better worded somewhere else. But I think you have people who are here today, people who are watching, and you're here because you lost a bet or they tricked you. They're like, there's donuts, right? And it was church um, or, or whatever. Or, or you're like, mm, I don't even really know what you were singing about or I don't understand what you're talking about. Um, why are you la- or like laughing and screaming? You don't really know why you're here. You don't know what's going on. But you do know, you do know something is stirring inside of you and it's not the burrito from breakfast, right? You know something's going on in here and I'm telling you, it's the God that we have been talking about and are talking about reaching out to you. Whether you're in the room or online, he is reaching out to you telling you, son, daughter, follow me. Son, daughter, I can heal you. I can restore you. I can forgive you. I can make you clean. I can give you a new life. And it starts this morning here in a minute with a prayer. There are those in here, there are those watching online, and you're a Christian, right? You go to church, you read your Bible, but you really haven't dived deep into this prayer thing. Your prayer looks more like your grocery list or the Santa Claus list. Need this, need this, want this, need this, right? But after this morning, we're like, how do we, how do we shift that? How do we shift our prayers to becoming more like him, right? I wanna pray with you that you start praying dangerous prayers and things will change. When I prayed that prayer, my next nine months were the most crazy, life-altering nine months of my life because I prayed, let me see like you see. Let me hear like you hear. Let me talk like you talk. At the third group is you Jesus freaks, you disciples, you guys who are whipping and flipping and already going on it. I wanna bless you. I want to ask that the spirit of the living God will continue to pour his holy fuel all over you, that you would burn all the brighter in these dark days. I refuse. I refuse to watch the news. I refuse to go to plat, like, like a search engine that's got the headlines because things are beyond crazy out there. Right? And, and, and here in our state and here in our town, I'm praying for you disciples that this holy fuel, fuel would turn you into an inferno and your life would continue to lift him up and draw people to him through your words and your actions. So with that and with your permission and in closing, let's pray. If you're in here today, if you're watching online and that's you, Jesus invites you to a relationship this morning. He tells you, Come. He tells you, come, son, come, daughter. I will heal you. I will restore you. I will forgive you. I will make you new. He tells you, I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. What I care about is who you can be and what you can do through me. I forgive you. I restore you. I make all things new. I pray for you, new believer, that you would have the strength to follow, that you would have the strength to pray, that you would have the strength to walk this new relationship with the living God. I pray for those who are in here and those who are online and you're a believer and you're praying and you're reading, but that's really kind of like coasting. I invite you to get on board with these 21 days of fasting, with these 21 days of prayers, to turn that volume up to 11, to pray dangerous prayers. Jesus, let me see things the way you see them. Let me see my husband and my wife, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my kids, my boss, the world around me like you. Let me hear the words that people are saying like you would hear them. Let them pierce my heart like they pierce your hearts, Jesus. Let me feel, oh Lord God, King of the universe, let me 
me feel. Break my heart and let me feel like you feel to understand your brokenness for this broken world. Father, let me only go where you would go. Let me be who you want me to be. Spirit of the living God, rushing wind, we invite you to come and pour your holy fuel over your disciples this morning, over those who are following you everywhere that you go. Those of you who have already been paying the price, I pray that you strengthen their back. I pray that you hide them in the shadow of your wings. I pray that you open the door that they've been patiently waiting to open, that you would lift them up, light them up, and draw the world unto you through them for the sake of your son. Jesus, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you guys for your time today. Myself and the prayer team will be up in the front if you want to talk or pray with somebody before you go. If you want to know more about the types of fasting, I encourage you to get online. Pastor Doug wonderfully explained food fast, media fast, activity fast, durations, and all that stuff in depth at last week's message. You can find all that online. Uh, or like I said, you can come and talk with us. God bless, and we'll see you next week as we continue the series. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.